So, Dale, I don't know how much you know about therapy, but it usually starts by you telling me a little something about yourself. I thought there'd be couches and Kleenex and shit. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. Do you want to talk about some of those feelings? I love you. Obviously, you don't know me. So how is this supposed to work? You sit, I sit, we talk. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam. And I'm Dr. Fran. Welcome to Freudian Scripts the podcast where you put your favorite TV shows and movies on the hypothetical couch and take a deeper dive into the way psychology is portrayed. We analyze the way therapy looks at entertainment, discuss the way psychological diagnoses are portrayed, and break down other psychological themes seen on our screens. As a reminder, Freudian Scripts is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your mental health professional with any questions and seek care if needed. The content and clips in today's episode will contain explicit language and mature and adult themes. Welcome back to this week's Second Opinion mini session. As you may remember, the term second opinion is used in the medical field when someone seeks advice from an expert to make sure that the advice aligns with what was heard from the first expert. Uh, So for our Freudian Scripts Second Opinion sessions, we react in real time when watching a clip for the first time and provide a second opinion on the content of the clip. We think that today's Second Opinion mini session is extra special because we are going to be reacting to more clips that are sent in from our listeners. So as you might remember, hopefully already listened to one of our previous Second Opinion mini sessions, um, we did this and it was really a hit. So we received some additional clips from listeners and we wanted to go ahead and provide a second opinion on those as well. So as a brief reminder, these clips are a complete surprise. Uh, Dr. Fran and I did not select them. We have not watched them. Um, Sometimes they're from shows we've seen or movies, sometimes not. So we'll see what uh, today holds. Yeah, I'm excited to have another of these listener-submitted episodes. The last one was really fun. We did What About Bob and, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the other one, Portlandia. Portlandia. (laughs) That's right. What about Bob and Portlandia? And both of those were completely new to Dr. Fran and I. We'd never seen them, had never seen those clips. They were very funny. So I'm really excited to see what we have today, too. All right. So our first clip was submitted by a listener named Oliver from Texas. Um, And this clip is actually from The Office. Okay. So I think Uh Dr. Sam and I have both (laughs) seen this show before. Um, (laughs) Dr. Sam, I believe, has seen this show through, like, many times is that right many times can't even count it's often in the on in the background i probably have seen this clip many times <laughs> but love it love the office one of my favorite shows of all time i have seen this show at definitely once all the way through maybe twice and then just have like <laughs> seen a lot of random episodes so i probably have seen whatever clip this is before but i w- i'm not as um avid of a watcher as Dr. Sam. So I am probably less familiar with um, the clip that was chosen for today. And I'm curious, there's no like formal therapy that I remember in the office. So um, the brief description that we do have about this clip, it says, in this clip, Michael Scott is receiving therapy. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. And Dr. Fran and I will uh, respond in real time. Michael's been assigned six hours of mandatory counseling with a trained professional. I actually have a degree in social work. I mean, I know a lot of people would just ask a few standard questions and <laughs> check off a few boxes, but I got a chance to do something good here. 
All right, it's Toby is yes. the therapist. <laughs> so I can already tell this is going to go really well. This is not going to go well. And for those of you who maybe aren't as familiar with The Office, Toby is the HR um, guy at Dunder Mifflin. And him and Michael Scott do not get along. And I didn't know that Toby had a degree in social work. So let's see how his uh, therapy skills are. Well, I guess just like a quick side note, like, I don't know if this is really totally appropriate. No. Um, like, he's the <laughs> HR representative, and he just happens to have a degree in social work. So he's going to do Michael's mandatory counseling. Like, there's a lot of reasons, like conflict of interest, and they have another relationship. And I'm sure we will see that, like, Michael and Toby also just don't have a good relationship. No, and so don't. that's probably going to impact how seriously Michael takes this as a therapy or counseling session. So just right off the bat, like, I can tell this is not going to go well. I think you're right. There's a lot of ethical uh, issues here. And I think that actually, like, Michael Scott agreed to this because it was, like, the lesser of, like, in his words, like, lesser of evils. He got in trouble at work. And so he just wants to kind of, like, get it over with. But obviously this is not going to be a good decision. So let's listen. <laughs> I know what you want to ask me. Do your mom ever see you naked? We can do this with more privacy. So you can molest me? Oh. oh okay. I don't think so. The windows are open, by We're the way. We're leave the blinds open so everybody can see what a big failure you are. <laughs> That's the key. Oh, what's your favorite flavor of... One hour. What? One hour. We've done one hour. So Michael is already just kind of uh, being very difficult. Toby's trying to ask like questions like as if they're just trying to get to know each other, even though they've had a relationship for many years. Right. <laughs> well, and Michael's... I feel like this is similar to other clips we've seen where there's a lot of assumptions being made or misconceptions about what therapy is. So he's making these very like outlandish random comments or having questions about like you might molest me or like you want to ask about my mom seeing me naked, like just things that would not, not at all be something that you would start off therapy talking about. Or obviously that is not something that would happen in the therapeutic relationship. So just, I think a lot of maybe some stigma and misunderstanding about the therapy process. And then also clearly a lot of anger at this person specifically. I think those are all good observations. And to set the scene, they are sitting in like the break room where they all eat lunch with all like, you know, Michael said he's leaving the blinds open so everyone will see Toby fail. But there's really not much privacy either. So not the most appropriate setting for all of their co-workers to see Michael, you know, do this therapy session with Toby. Yeah. In Toby's defense, he kind of tried to set it up as best he could to be yeah. what maybe a therapeutic setting would look like, like brought the couches in. They're not laying on the couches. They're just sitting on True. them on them as like comfortable seating, has like a table with a plant and some tissues. tissues. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course, there's tissues there. Case Michael cries. <laughs> Let's just speed this up. OK, keep it moving. I want to do all six hours. Oh, look, I, I can't count the hour if you don't talk. No, 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 Ooh. no. I know my rights, so all I had to do is sit here for six hours, do my time. Michael, it's up to me to check off the boxes, and I can't do that unless I honestly... You know, I'm- Michael's definitely seeing this as a punishment. Again, some misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. I know my rights. I just have to sit here for six hours. I would not advise anyone do a six-hour session in this way. No, he's almost equating it to, like, a prison sentence or something. Like, I just want to do my time. Yeah. You, you have any made- idea how angry that is making me? Tell me. Hmm. I think we might be about to maybe really get somewhere. Yes, I will. I will talk all right. Be careful what you wish for, Toby. <laughs> Uh-oh. Toby, yeah. can I really tell you anything? Of course. Oh, now Michael's laying on the couch. Now he's in there. In his mind, Michael has gone into quote-unquote therapy mode. Well, the other night, 
I was sitting at the table eating my penis. <laughs> I mean peas. Freudian slip. That was weird. <laughs> ah, that's weird. I think it all stems from the fact that I was... I was probed by an alien life force, an ALF, ALF. You know, I might have actually been probed by ALF. Toby's just rolling his eyes. Not the you best. I think he's a puppet. Never see the lower half, but there's a lower half. You know what, Michael? You're right. You win. This is pointless. We're not getting anywhere. I got a bunch of fun stuff in case my daughter ever comes over. Why don't we just run out the clock by playing games, drawing some pictures, talking? So Michael Michael thinks he has bested Toby at this point and like I just drew I like pushed him so hard that he doesn't want to even do therapy with anymore, so we're just gonna like play games and hang out for for the rest of the six hours. Have a feeling Toby has something up his sleeve. Yes, as you know, listeners, Dr. Fran and I both specialize in working with young people. So this is, you know, typical of what you might see with therapists um, or uh, counselors that are working with children to kind of build rapport and just make them feel like at ease or comfortable in the beginning, you know, doing something fun, playing a game. Um, So Toby has taken to almost treating Michael Scott like a child because Michael Scott was just kind of saying a lot of things that weren't really true. And he knew that. And I will say there's some parallels. Um, I have worked with some court-ordered adolescents before in, like, a therapy setting that, like, had to go to therapy to work on, like, anger management or different pieces like that. And I think for some kids, they don't really want to be there and or even adults, like, may actually be doing this because it's a requirement for something that's going on. And it is really important to be able to build that relationship because why are they going to, like, waste their time in their minds kind of participating when they think it's just like a requirement and it's a punishment or something. So I do think there's some truth to that of like, if someone is doing this because they feel like they have to, there might need to be some like buy-in and like relationship built before they actually feel like they can get something out of it. And therapy can be awkward. You go in and you're with a stranger um, talking to them for the first time and you're supposed to tell them all of these things about you. And in often cases, it's not very reciprocal. So you're not learning a lot about them. And so this can be a way to just kind of like get to know the, you know, the therapist get to know the the patient, the patient gets to know the therapist. It's a lot lower stakes, you know, and kind of just building that rapport initially. It's interesting for Toby and Michael because they have known each other for so long. True. <laughs> play something more complicated if you'd like. This is plenty complicated. So you played before? I played it once or twice with Jeff. Connect four. Who's Jeff? Jeff was my mother's boyfriend who she married. Mm. So her husband and your stepdad. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I never thought of it that way, though. Guys, too much stuff together. Yeah, you know what? He took me to a baseball game once. Mm. Remember? It was weird though. They took the pitcher out of the game, and I felt really bad because the pitcher wasn't going to be able to play with his friends anymore. <laughs> but Jeff said that the manager was making a really good move by taking the pitcher out. He really respected the manager. Mm. It's working. I'm doing it. Some interesting comments from here about from Michael. If you watch the show, you know that. Really, like, acceptance from others is a big thing for Michael and, you know, gaining respect. And so now we're learning about a stepfather he had that we've really never heard about and how this stepfather really respected the manager. And now we know Michael Scott's a manager. And Toby seems pretty pleased that he's actually learning new things about Michael and Michael's opening up. 
So the tactic did seem to make him more comfortable. Yeah. And again, that he's kind of spinning it as just like, we're just kind of casually chatting. And I do think this is pretty common, especially when working with children, right? Like Dr. Sam alluded to that maybe the direct line of questioning isn't really working very well. And it feels more like clinical and kind of intimidating, but being able to have what feels like more casual conversation while engaging in other activities can sometimes be a nice entryway. It's really sad that your dog ran away, but why did it keep you from going to the park? I was afraid I would find him in the park playing with another kid. Aww. Why? I guess that's why I thought he ran away in the first place, to find a kid he liked better. Dogs don't do that. Right? Why yeah. would a dog do that? That's, I don't know. When I hear myself say it, it just sounds ridiculous, but I never said it out loud. Michael's so. sharing some insecurities. And I think Toby's doing a really nice job of like actively listening. Like He's really mm-hmm. just trying to... like respond even just very genuinely of like that's not what dogs do and like oh wow like just responding how someone would normally respond in this situation true kind of validating like what michael's like saying and feeling in some instances it's very important for you to be liked isn't it well let's not get too this isn't a counseling session uh-oh mm. okay you son of a gun. Michael's caught on. <laughs> son of a bitch. Wow. Uh-oh. Okay. Just trying <laughs> you to help you, Michael. bitch. It's God. <laughs> You're very helpful, aren't you? You try I'm to help everybody. To. Do you want to play another game? You wanna... are good. But you know what? You can't help people. You couldn't help your marriage. <laughs> lose. You lose. I don't need your help. Nobody needs your help. Nobody wants you it. You can't help anybody. I don't need your help. Am I going to make you cry? Just fill them out any way you want. Okay. Have Aaron fax them back to corporate. Will do. Okay. Filled out. Good. Thank you, doctor. Take two of these and call me in the morning. So it did not end well. Toby actually used a tactic I think we can see people use, you know, when someone's sharing things with you, kind of... Um, using that reflective listening to repeat back like what they're saying and what might kind of be like the emotion or maybe things that are going on behind what they're saying. And so Toby tried saying like, oh, it seems like being liked is really important to you, which I think is accurate and a good conclusion to draw from some of the things that Michael was saying. But it was a little too direct and Michael caught on and then he re-remembered that they're in a therapy session. He did not appreciate that. And he was very angry because he felt like Toby tricked him. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction of like, this is a strategy or a tactic to help open the lines of communication. But the goal is not deception. The goal is not to trick someone into like opening up and talking about things. The goal is just to make it easier for them to do that. Um, So I think there was maybe a bit of a miscommunication between Toby and Michael on that point of like the fact that Michael didn't think it was therapy anymore, but then was like, oh, you just tricked me into telling you very personal things about myself. And of course, it made sense that he was very angry in that moment. How he behaved, not appropriate and not okay, but his anger is understandable. I think a lot of it stems from, though, the prior relationship, which is why it's tricky. Like we talked about in the beginning, like Toby would not be Michael's therapist because they do have a prior relationship and they do not get along. And um, Michael often sees Toby as his like adversary, like he's the one like that's the fun mm-hmm. police in the office. And so I don't think Toby's. Um, intent was to trick Michael. I think it was to make him feel comfortable and for them to have this conversation. And Toby was actually really happy to be getting to know Michael in this way. But Michael definitely took it as like, oh, like, you know, we were having a nice moment and you're just back to your usual Toby way. <laughs> so um, he, he, you can't see the clip, but definitely 
check out the website and watch it later. But he gives him two middle fingers and says, thank you, doctor. Take two of these and don't call me in the morning. Yeah, it does not end well. Yeah, safe to say he will not be returning to therapy. Um, the funny part about this, though, since I do know this episode so well, is basically Toby's just like, fine, we're not going to finish therapy. Go ahead and sign the forms however you want and send them back to corporate and we'll be done. Well, Michael fills out the forms incorrectly and they're kind of like a Likert scale from like, you know, like healthy, doesn't need therapy to like pretty unstable, like needs like severe treatment. And Michael's got basically like marks on the severe end of everything and ends up having to get like other (laughs) treatment or something. (laughs) Or it's like, you know, that's like the risk of it. But that's the funny part. Well, nice. That was a fun clip. It was. I always love The Office. All right. So this clip was submitted actually by our producer, Brandon. So um, he chose this clip for us, and it is from season two of Fleabag. Um, I have heard so many good things about this show, but I have not watched it yet. I have seen some of it, and producer Brandon prefaced the clip saying that Fleabag, who's played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, goes to see her therapist, played by Fiona Shaw, where she confronts her feelings for a hot priest. And this is from season two of Fleabag. So I will admit, I have seen a lot of season two of Fleabag, but again, not all of it. I don't remember the therapy session, so this might be new for me, too. All right, let's check it out. Excuse me, I've got dry forearms. Sure. <laughs> so why have you come to the session? Uh, it was a birthday present for my father. Is that a joke? No. It would be good not to make jokes in here, just in case anything gets lost in humorous translation. But this is odd. <laughs> okay. It's an odd and interesting start, so you all cannot see this, but the therapist is just, like, moisturizing her arms to begin with and says, sorry, she has dry forearms. But then she goes on to judge, basically, Fleabag's character for getting therapy as a birthday gift and then says not to use any humor so that because things might get lost in translation. So now she's also putting restrictions on on this person's personality or their way of, like, communicating. So I think we're off to a rocky start. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the disclosure that this was a gift to her dad for his birthday, I mean, that is interesting. I would definitely want to know more about that. But I would probably go in, you know, maybe I would still have the same question of like, is she making a joke or not? And I would maybe just ask more like, oh, tell me a bit more about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like just ask some more seemingly non-judgmental questions. And then I definitely would not put limits on like being able to make jokes. Oftentimes, humor can be really useful Um, in the therapeutic setting. So I find that very interesting. I agree. And I would use the same approach as you, Dr. Fran, if she had mentioned that it was a gift from her father. I wouldn't say interesting or is this a joke? I might think, oh, that's kind of interesting or, you know, ask more about it. But you don't want to come across judgmental. And then again, telling her not to use humor because it'll get lost in translation, I think is very interesting on the part of the therapist. Even if it's true, if you have a different sense of humor, maybe you don't get humor um, as a therapist, you can ask like down the road if there's something you're not getting, but I wouldn't say not to try and use it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) Exactly. Is that a joke? No. (laughs) Just try not to make it very obvious. Sure. Uh, so why do you think your father suggested you come for counseling? That's the question I might have asked before this whole side thing about not using humor jokes. or jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think because my mother died and he can't talk about it. 
And my sister and I didn't speak for a year because she thinks I tried to sleep with her husband and because I spent most of my adult life using sex to deflect from the screaming void inside my empty heart. I'm good at this. Although I don't really do that anymore. You close with your family? <laughs> we get on with it. You couldn't see that there, but there was a brief clip where she is pinch- punching someone in her family. So just a quick flashback there in response to the, are you close with your family question? <laughs> and she says, we get on. And Fleabag overall, it's interesting that she says the reason why she's here is because her dad got this for her as a gift. But then when she asked why the dad got it for her, she actually goes on to list a lot of things that, you know, might be concerns for her or are apparently seem to be bothering her. Um, so even though she's a little flippant in the beginning, like I'm here because of my dad, she seems to have some insight as to why therapy might be helpful for her. Yeah. I mean, again, like when you have someone come into your office who has this level of insight to some extent of like what might be going on and like these inner personal dynamics and like family impact that like she's already coming in with some level of understanding of how these things might be connected and how they might be influencing her behavior and her interactions with others. So I think that's like a good starting point. Yes. And I think it's important to ask more about the family because she mentions, you know, losing her mother, not talking to her sister. I don't know if I would ask, are you close with your family? She just told you she hasn't talked to her sister, right? You know, there might be some more yeah different ways to ask that, but important information in this context. Yeah, and I think these questions are very close-ended. Like, are you close to your family? Yes or no. Exactly. Sometimes there's a good place for just a close-ended yes or no question, but oftentimes you may want to ask more open-ended questions to get more information from the client. I agree with that. She's using very pointed questions because all Fleabag has to say is yes, and then, you know, she's flashing back to punching someone. The therapist is going to have no knowledge of that. She also seems to be asking why questions a lot, which sometimes can be very helpful again, but why questions can also come across very judgmental, you know, like, like, oh, why mm-hmm. did you think that? Why did you do that? It makes the person kind of get a little bit defensive thinking like, oh, there there has to be some reason or they're thinking about it in a certain way. Um, so open-ended, how, what questions can sometimes help facilitate communication in a better way? Do you talk? God, no. Any friends? Sorry? Any friends? Um, no, I don't really have time for... Well, I have a guinea pig, but she blows hot and cold. <laughs> Not a joke. Tell me about the sex. (laughs) All of it? You said you don't do that now. Oh, no, I just play tennis now. (laughs) Tough crowd. So there's some, like, fourth wall stuff going on where Fleabag is very, every once in a while, like, turning to the camera and speaking directly to us, like, right there when she said, tough crowd, that was directed as, like, us, the audience, I believe, right? Dr. Sam, I know you've watched this show a bit. Yes, that's a big part of the show is kind of breaking the fourth wall, and she talks to the viewers of the show. Also, we did see a flashback when she was asked about friends of a friend that Fleabag did have. So Fleabag also lost her best friend um, after she died. And so this is also like a unresolved trauma that she's experiencing as well at this time. The other thing, again, this therapist, first of all, she came off as very judgmental from the beginning with the whole humor yes. dad gift situation. And I feel like that has carried through. Like she's asking these questions, but they're kind of like jumping from one topic to another And she doesn't seem to be really reflecting much on what is being shared. She's not asking a lot of follow-up questions. Like, do you have friends? First of all, the fact that she asks, like, do you have any friends is phrased in a somewhat judgmental way. And then now she's, like, switching topics. Tell me about the sex, like, in a very kind of, like, abrupt way. So I just feel like the way that she's asking questions is not very warm and opening and, like, 
conducive to someone wanting to respond. And especially a topic like sex, it can be a sensitive topic for some people. And she has yet to establish any rapport with Fleabag. And she's coming across very judgmental. And then she's saying, tell me about the sex. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if people in that situation are going to want to withhold, right? Like, well, I can't tell jokes. And she's coming across very harsh. I don't want to tell her about my sex life or my history. And that's something that I actually am here to talk about, right? We can see how that could be a big problem. Sorry. I just... Sex didn't bring anything good, so I'm, I'm trying not to, but I've... And what have you found in your abstinence? Well, I'm very horny, and your little scarf isn't helping. <laughs> so the impulse is still there? Oh, yeah, the, the impulse is, the impulse is very much still there. It's just never the right person. Mm-hmm. So there is a particular person you're not having sex with? No. Well, well nothing's happened. I just... He's not available. Hmm. In a relationship? Yes, a bad one. <laughs> how so? It's a sort of relationship where one partner tells the other how to dress. Are you in love with him? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you find that funny? Well, I... I, I just... I don't... No. Another why question that comes across very judgmental, right? Like, why do you find that funny um, when she's asking if she loves him? And the kind of inside joke here that the therapist isn't getting is that Fleabag actually is falling for a priest. So when she says he's, like, in a relationship and tells him how to dress, like, that's why these are jokes. (laughs) I will say, like, the question about what is it that made that comment funny to her is a valid question. Maybe another way to phrase that could have been, like, you know, like, I noticed you laughed at that. Like, I'm curious you know, what made you laugh at that situation? Yeah. You know, like there's a, a better way to ask that to still get it, what's going on without it coming off as judgmentally as, and maybe a different therapist with a different relationship with Fleabag could have asked that question without it coming off judgmentally. But since we have this like two minute history of these like <laughs> judgmental comments, that's how it comes off. Yes. <laughs> it's not romantic. No. Just a girl with no friends and an empty heart. Oh my gosh mean by your own description and you can't see this but her face she she visibly reacted to her saying a girl with no friends and an empty heart like that was a very harsh comment and then she tries to say by your own description well when you're reflecting what people are saying to you it's good to use their own words so that you don't actually just call them names like she just did (laughs) yeah i have friends oh so you do have someone to talk to yeah (laughs) <laughs> do you see them a lot oh they're they're always there they're they're always there she's talking about us <laughs> why do you find that funny Listen, i don't need to be analyzed i have a nice life i just i just wanted to exchange the voucher for the money it's a bit late for that now i've only been here five minutes i want the money Uh-oh. i want to fuck a priest <laughs> catholic yes a good one. Yes. Looks good in the... Uh... Mm, yes. I understand. Do you really want to fuck the priest or do you want to fuck God? Can you fuck God? Oh, yes. <laughs> now the demeanor of this therapist has, like, totally changed. Yes. Now that they're talking about the priest, she's, like, 
seems much warmer and like engaged like she understands Fleabag and is like kind of connecting with her which it's it is interesting and it's also right after Fleabag has said like I don't want to be here I want my money back so she's also displayed like this isn't going well right she's unhappy and now maybe she's trying to warm up or maybe she really does get being in love with the priest I don't know just just please tell me how to not fuck a priest before I get arrested (laughs) arrested well I don't think fucking a priest will make you feel as powerful as you think it will can you just tell me what to do You know. You already know what you're going to do. Everybody does. What? I think that's a common misconception, too, about therapy. Like, just tell me what to do. Give me the advice. Give me, you know, the blueprint of what Mm -hmm. to do to fix my problems. And as you've heard Dr. Fran and I talk about in the past, unfortunately, it's not as simple as waving a magic wand, right? Like, we can help you to build insight. We can help you to develop coping skills. There are a lot of things that we can help with and therapists and psychologists can help with. However, just telling you what to do is not how it really works and wouldn't really be helpful for Fleabag. But we can see that this is very important to her. She really does want help. She doesn't want to sleep with the priest or she doesn't want to have that impulse. And so, you know, she's asking for help, but um, not in the way that she wants it or as media as she wants it, unfortunately. You've already decided what you're going to do. So what's the point in you? Valid question. You know what you're going to do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. I don't. You do. Okay, that's also maddening. I don't even know how to respond. Yeah. To that end, to the end of that clip, that's just maddening. You just she just continues to say, "Oh, you know what you're going to do," and she's like, "What?" Um, I would be equally confused. So, another, you know, a very interestingly, a lot of different approaches in today's therapist. However, you know, none of them are really. Um, engaging in too many tactics or skills that I would recommend. And definitely this Fleabag therapist, you know, not warm, not asking appropriate questions, very judgmental, and then very confusing at the end. So (laughs) not helpful. All right. Well, that was really fun. I enjoyed doing those two clips. And I think there's like some similarities in that they're both kind of comedic, but like kind of in a dark comedy way. True. And this very like awkward dynamic between the therapist and the client. And they both kind of talk to the the TV or break the fourth wall in different ways. You know, like in Fleabag, she did that throughout the oh, session. That's true. Michael and Toby do that throughout the like interaction. So I thought that was interesting too. Yeah. And they're also both in therapy for maybe not your traditional reason. So mm-hmm. Michael has to go for some, like, requirement because he had something happen at work. And then Fleabag did it because it was a gift from her dad. So those are both, like, people kind of presenting to therapy. Maybe not because they're completely motivated and interested in getting it for their own growth. But because there's, like, these other reasons that are drawing them to have to go. Neither of them really seem to have, like, um, motivation to return either. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, understandably after these sessions. (laughs) Yeah. Very true. But we love doing this. These clips are so fun. We never really know what we're going to get. We really enjoy listening and providing our second opinion. Hope you do as well. Thank you so much for joining us in this special second opinion mini session with clips from you listeners. And check out our website for clips from today's session as well as additional resources and clips from previous sessions. And don't forget to leave a review for a free Freudian Script sticker. And as always, in addition to clips or things that you'd like to hear us react to, we'd love to hear any thoughts or questions you have about psychology or any movies or tv shows that you'd like us to put on the couch next please subscribe rate and review time's up see you next session
We'd like to thank our producer, Brandon, creative director, Eric, and webmaster, Don. Uh, Dr. Brandon prefaced it with, this is... Dr. Brandon? is about Fleabag, who's... <laughs> okay.